0: I am now on vacation, which means I will be mixing things up a little. You may note that this edition is coming out earlier than usual. Perhaps this is the time I transition from an afternoon publication to a morning one. Or maybe this is just what I do when I'm on a journey, and it's October 20th, 2023. Either way, this is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I am Sean Tubbs. Are you expecting someone else? In this edition, the University of Virginia Health System has purchased a 5.2-acre historic property in Fifeville for $3.5 million. A small grocery store on Preston Avenue says it's working to stock empty shelves and will stay open. And Albemarle supervisors review the way the next transportation priority list is being developed. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, The organization Creating a New Life in a corner of McIntyre Park in the heart of Charlottesville wants you to mark your calendar for October 28th and their fall festival. The Botanical Garden of the Piedmont has planned a free day of autumn play from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. with arts and crafts, storytelling, yoga for adults and children, and tours of the garden. Some events require registration in advance, such as the Bee Friend Bluebirds Workshop with the Virginia Bluebirds Society, a flower arranging workshop, and the yoga. There's no registration required for other events, such as Explore to Read, caricatures with artist Robin Hoffman, and children's nature crafts. For all of the details, visit the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont's website. The University of Virginia has made a major property acquisition in the Fifeville neighborhood by purchasing the historic Oak Lawn Estate at the corner of 9th Street Southeast and Cherry Avenue. Here's a press release that was sent out on Wednesday. UVA Health will partner with the Fifeville Neighborhood Association and other community groups to explore how to best use the historic home to support community needs. The university paid $3.5 million for the property, which is nearly 61% over the 2023 assessment of $2.175 million. The asking price had been $4.3 million. The seller is former Mayor Nancy O'Brien, who lived in the house for many years with her late husband, Francis Fife, also a former member of City Council. The 5.207 acre property is currently zoned R1 and would have the residential C category under the new zoning. However, that would be irrelevant because the University of Virginia, outright, as the institution that owns it, does not have to comply with local land use rules or pay real property tax. The purchase stems from efforts by UVA President Jim Ryan to build connections to Charlottesville neighborhoods. The press release continues. UVA Health will work with the Neighborhood Association and other community groups to consider potential services at Oak Lawn. There are no current plans to tear down the historic house. It will be used to help provide services to the community. The rest of the fenced-in property is currently undeveloped, but one possibility could be new construction for child care services, but further study would be required. Immediate neighbors include Buford Middle School, the Smith Aquatic Center, and a branch of the Boys and Girls Club. Wendy Horton, the chief executive officer of the UVA Health University Medical Center, said in a press release that with the UVA Medical Center it close by to the Fifeville community, the institution's commitment to the FIFO community and their role as responsible neighbors compels them to further their efforts. O'Brien has been preparing for an eventual sale. On July 5, 2017, Council granted an easement to a family burial site on the property. Here's a section from the agenda for that meeting. The purpose of the easement will be to allow access through the Buford site to the Fife Family Cemetery, which is located at the rear of Miss O'Brien's property. If approved, the easement would only be available for use after Ms. O'Brien no longer owns 501 9th Street. This is the second parcel that the University of Virginia has purchased south of the Norfolk Southern Railroad tracks. In August of 2016, UVA paid $8.73 million to buy a total of 2.63 acres on seven properties on Grove Street and King Street, as I reported for Charlottesville Tomorrow at the time. A draft of the University of Virginia's master plan depicts housing as a primary use for the land with administration and community life for that property. Neighborhood Association President Carmelita Wood said that they look forward to the continued partnership with UVL and coming together to envision how Oak Lawn can serve the Fifeville community. The purchase comes at a time when work to expand and renovate Buford Middle School to add 6th grade students is underway. Construction of what eventually will be called Charlottesville Middle School will be completed by 2026. (music) A notice has been placed on the inside of the Reed Supersave market on Preston Avenue that states the community institution plans to stick around. We are not closing, reads a sign written by owner Sue Clements. Please hang in there with us. At least one person has contacted me to express concern that many shelves have been empty. The notice acknowledges this is the case. We have seen increases in all our expenses, not just in the cost of product. With low profit margins in the grocery business, it makes it extremely hard for independent grocery stores like us to operate and make ends meet. The store is focusing on keeping its meat and produce shelves stocked and is working on the rest. I'd like to follow up with this because we're moving into a world where there will be a lot more density and smaller grocery stores are hard to keep going. How's it all going to turn out? Well, that's what Charlottesville Community Engagement is for. Thanks to Kevin Cox for providing the photo on Facebook. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, Looking for a free fall event for your family that will help raise money for cancer treatments for patients at UVA's Children's Hospital? Mark your calendar for October 22nd and Jackfest at Foxfield in Albemarle County. That will be from noon to 4 p.m. at Foxfield. The free event is named for Jack Callahan, a boy who beat back metastatic cancer after a 13-month course of intensive treatments in 2019 and 2020. Jackfest raises funds for Ronald McDonald House to support families who need assistance while other treatments are underway. Events at Jackfest include kids' running races and family relays, including a superhero dash, the kids' mighty one-mile run, and a child-parent relay race. Family activities include an inflatable obstacle course, a bounce house and slides, a petting zoo, and a truck touch with emergency vehicles. There are adult and kid food options, including food trucks and local beer and wine. While the event is free, people can sign up for the races and the team fundraising challenge at the JackFest website at www.jackfest.net. In a locality of over 115,000 people and growing, there are a lot of demands, desires, needs, requests, and needs for new transportation projects to help people get around in their vehicle, on a bike, or on foot. For many years, Albemarle County was focused on saving up secondary road funds for what had been called the Meadow Creek Parkway, as well as improvements to both Georgetown Road and Jarman's Gap Road in Crozet. Looming over all of that was the 6.2 mile Western Bypass, a project funded in 2011 that had its money flow to other projects upon its cancellation. Around this time, Albemarle filled the long vacant position of transportation planner, and that meant there was capacity on staff for someone to work with the Virginia Department of Transportation to secure funding for the next round of projects. A list of transportation projects was developed and is in the process of being updated for 2024. Kevin McDermott is the Deputy Director of Planning for Albemarle County. On October 4th, he asked supervisors to focus on the process rather than the individual scores for projects as the draft is created.
1: I think we could all recognize that the scores are going to change between now and when we have a final list based on this discussion we're going to have today.
0: Albemarle last reordered the priority list in 2019. With funding for projects limited and staff time finite, The prioritization process is intended to provide some sense of order to the 130 current project ideas.
1: Our uh, transportation priority projects are identified through comprehensive plans, master plans, small area plans, corridor plans, etc., etc. With all the plans, it's difficult for staff and the board to know what we should be focusing on.
0: The process also gives a chance to document progress. Of the 10 projects from the 2019 list, half are fully funded, three are partially funded, and the other two will receive new ranks. That
1: trend doesn't stop after the top 10. Uh, a lot of our top projects, up to 20, have all been funded. So we did a really good work on those uh, on those priorities from last time.
0: Albemarle's prioritization lists use the same methodology for the smart scale process used by the Virginia Department of Transportation. Different scores are calculated for how each project addresses congestion, fulfills land use and economic development goals, improves safety, equity, accessibility, and environmental factors. The draft list only contains the top 50 projects out of those 130. However, this system is not absolute.
1: There are a lot of other considerations when deciding to advance the projects that may not be reflected in this ranking. Uh, We often did uh, go after projects that were further down on the list in 2019. This is usually as opportunities present themselves, if uh, certain development may offer an opportunity for us to work with a developer to move forward on a project.
0: Under the draft ranking, the top project is one to reconfigure the junction of 5th Street Extended and Interstate 64. That had been number 19 in the previous list.
1: And it is really looking to rebuild that interchange. It was uh, it was listed in the Southern and Western Areas Master Plan. And then it was also a uh, uh, high priority in the 5th Street Corridor STARS study, which was completed just recently.
0: McDermott explained that this project got an 8 for land use and an 8 for economic development because of the construction of many housing units, including Southwood, as well as many employment opportunities. The project would also add bike and pedestrian facilities.
1: It is located within the uh, federally identified opportunity zone, and there's a high level of existing employment already in the area with Covenant School, the county office building, Fifth Street Station, and other uses along Fifth Street.
0: McDermott said projects that create better situations for non-motorized transport are favored in the county's prioritization process.
1: Bike and pedestrian uh, facilities adds a lot of points in almost every category. Uh, that's reflective of, I think, the county's desire to address climate change and to improve land uses.
0: Another intersection project is at the nexus of hundreds, if not thousands, of planned housing units. Improvements to U.S. 29 in Airport Road had been ranked 41 in 2019, but has climbed up to number two in the current draft.
1: With the continued development of the uh, North Fork Research Park and their proposals for new residential development up there, Hollymead Town Center, North Point, everything going on in that area um, rose that uh, priority up quite a bit.
0: The third priority under the draft list would be to build a roundabout at the intersection of US 250 and Old Trail Drive. That project was called for in the recent update of the Crozet Master Plan, as well as recent safety concerns. The fourth priority is a shared use path on Old Lynchburg Road that was called for in the 5th Street Star Study. The fifth priority is an extension of the Burkmar Drive shared use path from Rio Road to Hilton Heights Road. That was identified as a catalyst project in the Rio 29 small area plan.
1: We have a lot of new residential development going on along uh, along Burkmar and also uh, uh, non-residential development on the east side of Berkmar.
0: McDermott asked supervisors if they had any feedback. The supervisor for the Jack Jewett District said her constituency may not have any high-scoring projects due
1: to one factor.
0: Here's Diantha McKeel.
1: Part of the issue that I have in the Jewett District is that we're so developed that we don't have very many development projects going on.
0: McKeel pointed out that a new apartment complex is under construction on Hydraulic Road, and she wanted to know how that could factor into efforts for transportation projects to help serve it. She also made a pitch for putting an emphasis on the accessibility and equity category.
1: Obviously, with my high, dense, diverse area in the urban ring, I'm really interested in getting people to jobs, to grocery stores, <laughs> to um, um, drug stores, and they ha- and kids walking to school.
0: McDermott said the Office of Equity and Inclusion would be consulted during the process and Director Jesse Brookins would review the list. He said the county has identified underserved parts of the community and that is also taken into consideration. Supervisor Ann Malik represents the Whitehall District, which includes Crozet. She expressed concern that the prioritization list is pushing older projects to the bottom. Projects which have been in the process for 15, 20 years and finally get to the top of the sidewalk list, for example, and are now
1: off entirely or number 51. Uh, how do the, where, where does any of that uh, earlier evaluation that yes, this is needed, yes, this is an older neighborhood full of naturally occurring affordable housing and no sidewalks, et cetera, how does that get to be reflected in here going forward?
0: McDermott said the county is also seeking to expand existing sidewalk networks.
1: For example, the, one of the projects in um, the Crozet area is the Tabor uh, High Street project. Uh, park uh, sidewalks. And the fact that that is sort of the, the the first step, I think, in building out that network, because that's where you get from downtown in the park and the uh, existing sidewalk network to try and get into those neighborhoods. I think that's why that one uh, came out higher than others. But
0: it's number 51. McDermott said the county will continue to work on the project, even with the lower ranking, as new possibilities come forward.
1: That's a project that we uh, have had discussions with some of the developers in the area on helping us with to reduce the costs. And so I think there's still a lot of feasibility in moving forward with that one.
0: Supervisor Jim Andrews of the Samuel Miller District is in his second year as a member of the board and observed that the priority list is more of an organizational device than a strict set of rules for
1: what will be done. I, I think it's, it's uh, misplaced for us to look at this too much as a ranking, but more as a recognition of where the strengths are for these and where the weaknesses might be. Andrews supported a
0: comment McDermott had made during the presentation that some of the 130 projects might be combined over time. For instance, a project to upgrade the intersection of Hydraulic Road, Lambs Road, and Whitewood Road near Albemarle High School has the draft designation of 6A because it's tied with several other projects that got the same score. There's also 20A, which would make it easier to walk to Albemarle High School, and the rest of the Lambs Lane campus, as well as a second-tier project to build a new loop road to support the campus. Supervisor Ned Galloway said he saw all of those as one project. There's no way we do that intersection without that loop road. There's no solving
1: that intersection without that loop road. So we just have to go, that's part of the project. And I think you need to rescore that one or start looking at other things
0: project-wise, that aren't so much itemized or so dissected into smaller projects. Galloway said several projects on Rio Road could also be assembled to make one project or could change over time as different projects come online. This latest reordering comes at a time when the Commonwealth Transportation Board is considering changes to the smart scale process that had been created in the mid-2010s. Here's a sentence from an October 17, 2023 presentation to the CTB. Since February, the CTB has been engaged in a holistic review of our nationally recognized data-driven process for prioritizing multimodal transportation investments to determine if Smart Scale is meeting its goal. Changes could include increasing the weight that economic development plays and reducing the number of applications that localities could submit each round. A virtual town hall will be held on October 31st. Galloway said the changes to SmartScale don't really affect Albemarle's internal process. Our transportation priorities are going to remain the same no matter what the hell they do with SmartScale. SmartScale is a funding system, a funding stream. We just have to know how
1: best to get that funding through SmartScale.
0: More on transportation and all of these interesting cogs in the machinery in future editions of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And you're at the end of episode number 592. This edition did not make it out as early as I would have liked. Perhaps the goal on this vacation is to release it earlier in the day. In any case, I'm grateful to have this work as my calling and to seem to not have anything else happening in my life so this work gets my full attention. This literally is my living. And I'm grateful to the many new subscribers from the past few months. Support through a Substack subscription or a Patreon membership really helps me keep going as independent support means there is not a very wealthy person directing the agenda and telling me what to write. Instead, there are hundreds of people contributing smaller sums, like you might imagine people paying for a newspaper subscription and then that newspaper does something. Ting recognizes this and we have a unique arrangement where they sponsor me by matching the initial payment. So if you've not done so already, consider buying a subscription. I will be back with number 593, possibly tomorrow, possibly Monday, who knows. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thank you for listening.